0: political unrest in peru is is causing huge concern there's there's protests there's reports of deaths it's not somewhere that anyone would really want to find themselves right now certainly not as a traveler so the chaos itself is complicated but it culminated when former president castillo attempted to close congress so that move widely condemned, criticized globally. But for a lot of Peruvians, especially rural Peruvians, it was seen as a display of defiance against this hostile establishment that never really gave the former president power to govern. So with all of that political unrest and scenes of chaos, scenes of protest, What did it feel like to be stranded there? We're going to get the perspective of someone who was. He's a Vancouver realtor joining the show now. Tony Hepburn is on the line. Tony, thank you so much for making the time and being part of the show.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Tony, I just want to clarify that right now for our listeners, you are now back in Canada. So this conversation is happening back in your your home, right?
1: Yeah, after 90 hours, yes, we are finally back home.
0: Wow. Okay, and I want to get that story from you, of course, uh, to to get your perspective of how you were finally able to get back to Canada. Uh, but I want to go back to the beginning, Tony. Why Peru? What, what drew you there? What were the intentions of your trip right from the outset?
1: The intention was to trek uh, to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail, and we definitely had a look at the news and checked out the political climate before we left. Uh, it was not... Uh, uh, Castillo had been attempted to be impeached for, you know, twice already. But uh, the third time happened on December 7th, just after we arrived on the 2nd. And uh, that's when things uh, unraveled.
0: So it's pretty immediately once you arrive, uh, then the president is impeached and then widespread protests and unrest starts to begin. When do you we- realize that, that there's something wrong?
1: Well, the first clue was in uh, in Lima when we had a tour scheduled to go visit the uh, historical district and the catacombs, and that was cancelled. So, And that was the day that uh, Castillo was impeached and then arrested. So that was... Uh, and then we, we took off uh, on the 9th, very early in the morning, to avoid any potential blockades and start our trek to Machu Picchu. So for four days after that, we were... Um, uh, we just were oblivious to what was developing in in the time that we did not have signal on the way to the top at uh, Machu Picchu.
0: Wow! And then you begin your your descent into into what what did you come into?
1: Well, we just when we got to the top, our guide got signal again, so he was able to get an update from the very top, and we discovered that there was still. Uh, issues there were reportedly uh, boulders and and and, uh, trees had been rolled onto the tracks uh, which is the only way out of Aguas Calientes normally you take a bus down from Machu Picchu to the town of Aguas Calientes and take the train from there which is about 30 kilometers down the tracks towards the trailhead at kilometer 82 so we had just finished about 42 kilometers And then arrived in Aguascalientes, and that's when we were walking through the town that I noticed the train station gates were closed and being welded shut. And our guide said, you know, we should take a vote on this as a team. But, uh, you know, he advised the best thing for us to do was to get out while we could, which involved tacking on another 29-kilometer hike the following morning down to uh, the trailhead where we started.
0: I wonder, Tony, what that must have felt like to be experiencing something like Machu Picchu, which is it's one of the wonders of the world and somewhere that a lot of people go to experience just wonder and awe and, and some serenity. So what is it like to to reconcile seeing something like that and being a part of something like that and then learning about what you may be walking into or might have to then navigate in order to just get home or remain safe?
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, a silver lining was when we arrived at Machu Picchu, it was basically deserted. Um, Another, you know, in hindsight, that was another clue. Something wasn't quite right. They normally have a good 2000 to sometimes as many as 5,000 people a day going through there. So you can't normally get a picture of anything without, it being full of people. Um, when our guide started taking pictures of it, we knew something was a little different because it was uh, less than 200 people there. Uh, so it was like, uh, you know, they had shut down the site just for us to take pictures. Of. That was pretty amazing. But after we, the following morning, when we decided to walk down, we just, we met in the square expecting to see maybe 25 to 30 people or so, Uh, based on the number of people we'd seen the day before. But what we didn't realize is there had been people stuck there for quite a while. So in the morning, there was probably 150 or so people, a couple of park rangers and uh, one of the tourism police there that were giving everybody in the square a briefing before we set out down the tracks. And there were people from, you know, 5 to 75 years of age, some, you know, definitely not prepared for a trek of that length without the right footwear or, you know, they were, they had suitcases and then with wheels like carry on luggage that they were eventually ditching as we went down the tracks because uh, they were just too heavy. And I don't know, I mean, from 5:30 in the morning to three 30 in the afternoon, 10 hours later, we made it, but there was a lot of other people that uh, would have come in after dark or perhaps ended up camping, you know, a trails, uh, trail trail side on the way down.
0: What what do you take away from an experience like that? I mean, this is not at all what you had anticipated in terms of when when you had set out to to plan this trip and to get this experience. Um, what do you what do you feel as a as a Canadian who's not used to scenes like that?
1: Well, it's it's you know we had traveled many places before, experienced some natural disasters, and you know, political unrest in other parts of the world is not that unusual, per se. But, you know, this just escalated to something we had not anticipated. And the the worst Uh part of it was after we arrived in uh, at the trailhead, there was uh, there were buses that were taking uh, tourists out um, with a police escort through the barricades. We did not get one of those buses. So when we uh, managed to find a private individual who put us in a sprinter style van and drove us across well he didn't drive us across we stopped about 500 meters short of the blockade and as we were getting out there was a, a mass of of people running towards us and then about a dozen guys right at the front uh, that were more aggressive carrying farm tools a sickle for example and uh just went straight up to our driver and kicked him in the legs, punched him in the head, let the air out of his tires while we were trying to scurry out of the way down towards the blockade and hopefully get through the barbed wire and the banners and the uh, such across the, the single-lane bridge onto the other side, which we managed to do. Um, it was after another two, three-kilometer walk that... There was a driver from our company who had parked his van on the other side of the blockade a few kilometers away and walked in to, to find us. So that those moments from the time we opened the door on the van to seeing the other driver was, was really quite nerve-wracking because we had no idea, you know, whether these people were going to focus their attention on us, which fortunately they didn't. Um, and then seeing him get... You know, beaten up right in front of us, twenty feet away, was uh, definitely a, uh, an upsetting thing to see.
0: And to have to make that call in the moment to run for your own safety because staying would mean who knows what. What a decision to have to be faced with. What? What then do you run to? Where do you? You talk about the other driver that comes to get you. Where then do you go? At what point are you finally out of this? Terrifying situation, Tony.
1: Well, that was, most people will, will stay a night in uh, Olay Tambo, which is sort of a s- staging area of the smallest town close to Machu Picchu. So you eventually end up there and then on your way back to Cusco. So we made a quick pit stop in Olay Tambo and uh, El Ante Tambo and then uh, grabbed our bags that we'd left behind and then uh, continued on to Cusco. The roads all the way there were littered with boulders and and tree stumps and stuff so our driver had his hands full you know swerving back and forth now and then to avoid these obstructions and and it really wasn't until we got to Cusco and the the hotel we realized that we were you know somewhat safe but there'd been some pretty uh vocal and and in some cases violent demonstrations in Cusco Um, and we had been warned that there would Probably be a general strike on the Monday. Just a few days ago, after uh, Sunday afternoon was the day that it was uh, was a good day to try and head out. And the thing is, if we had followed our recommend recommendations uh, that said you know don't go to the airport unless you have a ticket and uh, that kind of thing, we would might still be there as we had two tickets leaving Cusco on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then on Sunday, just after World Cup, we decided to take a chance and just go to the airport and see if we could get our ticket moved up, which in fact we did. So that was when Latam Airlines was able to change our ticket and we, were, we managed to get out. It wasn't until I was sitting in, in the boarding lounge there with a boarding pass in my hand that I actually felt somewhat relieved that we were on our way to Lima since Lima was uh, not uh, as, as bad a place to be.
0: Yeah it seems that you would probably just be living in this place of anxiety and shock for for the most part as you're experiencing this until you know without a doubt that you are that you're back on Canadian soil and that you're back in a situation where you're safe. Did you feel did did you feel that? Was it mostly shock or was it fear during during this long escape, Tony?
1: It was it was a bit surreal, I have to say, but you know, there's uh at least 3,900 Canadians that registered through the embassy as being in Peru. That's not to mention all the other tourists from other places in the world who had it a lot worse than we did and you just haven't heard from them yet because they've been sure. off-grid in places that uh, uh, don't have signal as we didn't for four days But you know, or don't have the ability to, to recharge their devices and make phone calls, send text messages and email and such. So um it was uh you know that that was the big difference so over the next little while it's going to take time to get all the people out of the country we had you know not the greatest communication from our own embassy but uh you know in the end of the day the the uh american embassy was reaching out to their citizens directly um, and then we had uh, an email from Mexican embassy as well that had a humanitarian flight uh, set up, and they were offering any extra seats to other citizens from other countries as well. so that was a bit of a relief, but uh, we had by that time managed to get out the door and with with uh, I'm not a big social media guy, but the you know Twitter was an amazingly powerful tool when that got rolling the all of a sudden what what we needed to get out started happening,
0: so Tony, finally, you were able to to make it home to Canada after a very long and scary journey. What did you learn from this experience?
1: I always have your passport on your person. <laughs> um, don't check baggage and uh just to stay very in tune with uh with social media check in with uh with uh your government agencies and and get all the updates you can just not not just from yours but from uh various embassies there were uh two uh brits uh, two americans and two canadians and uh, one swiss uh, person with us and then we all got different information so it was you just had to sift through all of it and figure out what was the, the best approach for yourself and then and, and choose the path of least resistance to, to get out.
0: I mean, it was obviously a long journey to be able to get back to Canada. Do you have any mm-hmm. sort of regret of having done this trip in the first place?
1: Uh, not at all, actually, no. I, I w- the amazing thing was after, uh, I think, sixty or 70,000 views on Twitter, there was... A lot of um, Peruvians who reached out to us, uh, to me, and said, "You know, really ashamed, uh, sorry for the situation. This is not who we are. We, we, you know, would love to, you know, get back to normal at some point. But it has, the political situation has been brewing for a very long time. It just kind of all came to a head as we were there, which was unexpected. uh, Really, most people did not think that was going to happen. So." It it was just uh the perfect storm in terms of um, timing and, and uh and then the climax of it all was uh was yeah, uh, as you said earlier, it was the, the rural areas of, of uh Peru that were really very upset with the whole impeachment process. And in Lima it seemed that people were quite happy the day we were there. Uh everybody was celebrating the fact that he was impeached and as soon as we Left, we we were off grid and we didn't have any idea what was going on till we got back to signal and and finally um, saw it for our own eyes that uh, you know these a lot of the locals are were starving to start with uh, you know with rising fertilizer prices and lack of food supply and such and now with these demonstrations their livelihood depends solely on the tourists uh, in many cases so. They're going to be suffering even more over the next few months if people don't go back. But at, at the moment, I don't know that uh, I would recommend somebody go there over the next few weeks. It's uh, going to take some time for things to settle down, despite the fact that uh, Boloarti has assigned uh, her position to, I believe, the Minister of Defence, as has, uh, took place yesterday or the day before.
0: Well, what an incredibly unique perspective that you have, Tony, having seen it firsthand and having lived through the civil unrest that is ongoing in Peru after the impeachment of former President Castillo. Tony, thank you so much for making the time and for explaining your your journey, your long journey home. Glad to have you back here in Canada and uh, so appreciative to have you on the show tonight.
1: Thank you, Kylie. It's uh, great to be back home.